0: Hello, my name is Faye and you are listening to Young Greens Podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about PIP, Young Greens Convention, and we'll also be giving you news from the Young Greens movement. As always, if you'd like to get involved or share your views then get in touch by emailing media at younggreens.org.uk. We really look forward to hearing from you. To begin with, we're going to talk about PIP, otherwise known as Personal Independence Payments. I'm going to hand over to my fellow Media Subcommittee member, Ed Fraser, who is going to tell you about what the Young Greens are doing about this issue.
1: The Personal Independence Payment System is failing disabled people across the UK, due to a needlessly complex application process and the lack of knowledge, experience and care of the privatised assessors involved. Over two and three claimants have been successful in challenging a decision on their PIP assessment, proving that the system is not working. And so the Young Greens are calling on the government to reform the assessment for PIP, so that disabled people get the right level of support. We want to lobby the nation's financial regulators to ensure disabled people are treated fairly and are not forced to pay over the odds for goods and services and also urge businesses to do more to understand the needs of their disabled customers and develop products that can help to reduce costs. So throughout this campaign we want to highlight and raise the voices of young people who have lived experience with PIP. We want to provide a platform for them to share their suffrage and their opinions on what they think needs to be changed. And we will look to investigate the reality of how many young people are denied fair treatment and support. And so the first of these voices who we will be hearing from is Liam McClelland from Nottingham Green Party. He's the co-chair of Nottingham Green Party and a young green on this year's 30 under 30 training scheme. Thanks very much for joining me today, Liam. Hi, Ed. Thanks for having me on. So can you tell us about why you claim personal independence payments and what it enables you to do? Personal independence payment, or PIP, enables me to take part in life the same
2: way as someone who doesn't have any health conditions or disability. So for me that means I can be on the Young Greens 30 Under 30 training programme, I can co-chair N'Ungham Green Party, I can volunteer as a peer mentor and I can get an education to better myself. I'm a recovering addict, I'm HIV positive and I live with chronic depression and anxiety resulting from some childhood trauma. Each of these comes with additional costs and PIP attempts to cover the financial strain that these health conditions and disabilities
1: can have. Thank you for being so open Liam. So what was your experience of the process for claiming your personal independence payments? Uh, What were the challenges you faced?
2: The application process for PIP was incredibly frustrating for me. From the initial phone call to see if I was eligible to the first payment date was just over 18 months. The paperwork they asked you to complete and the evidence they asked you to provide, I found to be almost impossible. I have dyslexia and I really struggle filling in long forms. Thankfully, I was able to access a local branch of a HIV support charity who helped me with this application process. When the face-to-face assessment finally happened, the report that the health professional, and I'm using air quotes here for your listeners, wrote was full of falsehoods and omissions. I really have to stop myself from saying lies because that would show some intent by the staff employed at Capita, the private company my assessment had been outsourced to, in depriving me of this allowance. Falsehoods is obviously wrong as I went to the assessment centre on my own. I didn't. I was assessed at home with a key worker present. I ended up appealing the decision. This meant that my case was heard in front of a judge a doctor and a disability specialist. The Department for Work and Pensions didn't even show up to present their arguments. The DWP's decision was overturned by the judge and I was backdated PIP and awarded it for five years. Thankfully I had the support of a number of organisations. If it wasn't for this support I would have given it up. It all felt too much at the time.
1: So if we wanted to avoid people having to go through the experience you went through, how do you think the process of claiming personal independence payments can be improved or reformed? Simply by allocating assessments with professionals trained in a person's
2: specific disability and health conditions. The number of times I've been asked what triggers my chronic depression, to assuming that because I'm a recovering addict, I must be recovering heroin addicts, shows that it's just luck if you get a health professional, I uh, quotes again, who's actually done more than just a two-week training programme. Ideally, PIP assessment should follow the social model of disability with claimants assessed by in-house staff and GPs and other medical professionals who have been specifically trained in that person's specific disability and health conditions. The social model would see the assessment framework set out in a collaboration with people it seeks to support. Basically, nothing for us without us.
1: And I understand the Green Party doesn't have an official position yet on personal independence payments, but that you're hoping to change that at our next party conference in Bristol?
2: The Green Party does have some fantastic policies on social welfare and mental health. It doesn't have a statement on PIP, and it's this that we want to change. Myself and the Reform PIP campaign team have been working on a record of policy statement, ROPS for short, that we hope to have passed at the next party conference in Bristol. The ROPS will enable our spokespeople to comment with confidence on PIP by referring to a statement that will show the Green Party's stance. This stance is to scrap the current system and to replace it with the social model of disability that I mentioned earlier. We've been in contact with Disabled People Against Cuts, Terence Higgins Trust, as well as having a number of people with a lived experience of applying for and being awarded PIP for various disabilities and health conditions on the team. This has ensured that the ROPS has been thoroughly thought through and consulted on.
1: And if someone listening wants to engage more with what you and other Young Greens are campaigning on, where can they find out more?
2: For more information on Young Greens campaigns, you can visit our website, younggreens.org.uk and become a member of our Facebook group, Just Search for the Young Greens. Both of these sites are accessible and have contact details on them. The Young Greens are always looking for new campaigns to support so if there's something that you're passionate about and we're not covering then let us know.
1: Thanks very much for joining me today Liam.
2: Thank you so much for having me Ed and see you the next 30 under 30 weekend in my hometown
1: Nottingham. I'm looking forward to it already. We've also had a statement sent in from Maxwell who is based in County Antrim in Northern Ireland. Maxwell has autism and like Liam is a PIP claimant. So before living In um, County Antrim, he lived in Cardiff for three years and hopes to move back there soon and believes that the personal independence payment would allow him to settle back in Cardiff, continue driving lessons and give him a sense of independence so he can begin a new life, get his own place and find a partner. He says that the most challenging aspect of the process is the anxiety it has caused on top of his existing anxiety for which he takes Certiline. This has had an impact on his ability to focus on work and everyday tasks and means he can often get frustrated. Um, The process has been very long for him. He originally applied 14 months ago for personal independence payments and is currently waiting for an appeal tribunal at the end of August. Um, He's already appealed twice and the tribunal was initially postponed. He thinks that the process could be improved by being more transparent and there being a greater understanding by assessors of the conditions people face. Um, The time that was given for his initial assessment uh, when he first applied was not long enough to complete the questions due to a limited understanding of how autism affects him. This is an experience he's heard many times from other stories that he's seen online. And feels the government doesn't understand or recognise the anxiety and distress that the process causes and it should be reformed immediately. Well, thank you very much, Maxwell, for sending that in. Back over to you, Faye.
0: Thank you very much, Ed. Now it's time for some news from the Young Greens movement. At the beginning of August was the Young Greens' residential weekend, where members had the chance to learn about building an active regional party, allyship, team action planning and much more. On the 21st of August, elected Young Greens representatives held a Q&A session about what they have been doing to support members over the last few months. If you missed it or have questions of your own, keep your eyes on the Facebook page for Young Greens, where the next Q&A session will be announced. If you're a Young Green and you'd like to send us in some news for a future podcast, please email us at media at younggreens.org.uk. Today, we'd like to welcome Aston University Young Greens, who started up recently. I'm going to hand over to Aaron Ranji to tell us a bit more.
3: Hi, I'm Aaron Ranji and I set up Aston Young Greens recently. We set this society up due to the political void at Aston Uni which needed to be filled. When I joined as a fresher last year, there were no political movements I could get involved in which was deeply disappointed. Furthermore, during the strikes last year, there was no coordinated movement to help the staff. Thus, the logical step for us was to set up a Young Greens society. Also being right in the city centre of Birmingham means a lot of our campaigns, such as People Not Numbers, are really prevalent. When I think of Birmingham, I think of its rich diversity and the contribution of migrants such as my family. Now the hostile environment policy being implemented here in Birmingham is unacceptable and we as students will not allow the government to do that. One issue we're campaigning for at this moment is the rights of international students. This is for our People Not Numbers campaign. International students have also been a target of the government's hostile environment policy and we need to speak out against this. Our next meeting as a society will be relaxed uh, social to ease in new members after our freshers fair. To contact me, email me at aston at younggreens.org.uk or ranga at aston.ac.uk.
0: Thank you, Aaron. As you may be aware, Young Greens Convention will be happening this year at the University of Sheffield on Saturday the 3rd and Sunday the 4th of November. Young Greens Convention is a great way to involve yourself with the work that we do, from campaigning to international issues to elections. Convention is completely free, so make sure you register as soon as tickets become available on the Young Greens Facebook page. We're going to finish our podcast, as always, with Creative Corner. Today, we have a poem which I wrote about the reasons why I joined the Green Party, and it's called Skin. What good is being the eighth richest nation in the world when the homeless are left to collect on the pavements like rainwater around clogged drains, when children are left kicking their heels at borders instead of taking off their shoes as they come home? when the ground beneath our feet is bent over crying because it can't take more, I want to know. Did no one ever tell you that beauty is only skin deep? Thank you very much for listening.